Hi, I'm Philip Anthony Albertelli, and this is The Week in Doubt, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and whoever. And this is episode 111. Before we get started, I'd like to thank some of the newest Twitter followers. First up is Ray Discomfort, Darwin FCD, Atheist Fox, Amy Johnson, No Religion Required, Is the Bible Moral, Johnny Taylor, Andre Solomon, Improbable Joe for Pony, all right, and Keith Lowell Jensen. May have mentioned Keith Lowell Jensen last week. There's a bunch of other ones in there too, but uh, some of them kind of looked like spam, so I skipped over some. Uh, I apologize if uh, any of them were well-meaning listeners. I'd also like to thank Alexander Nye, the writer of the play Son of Man, for taking part in last week's interview. And I apologize for how off the volume levels were. Uh, My voice kind of sounds booming or overpowering in comparison to Alex's. Uh, I assure you it wasn't intentional. I usually use this program called Call Recorder to uh, capture my Skype conversations, but it wasn't cooperating that day, so uh, I had Alex send me his vocal tracks separately. I did my best to level things out in GarageBand, but I think the inherent differences in volume were just uh, too great. I gave Alex the original files along with my blessings, so to speak, and um, he's going to take a shot at the uh, editing process. I'll let you know if and when he makes his version of the interview available. Uh, But nevertheless, it was fun doing an interview episode, and I hope to bring you more of those in the future, uh, sans the uh, technical snags. Let's see, it seems I must humble myself further. Uh, During my conversation with Alex, I alluded or insinuated that maybe Luke was the writer of his own eponymous gospel since he was a Gentile. Not sure why I thought that would necessarily be a factor. Uh, I guess during the span of an almost three-hour off-the-cuff conversation, odds are you're bound to say at least something stupid. Uh, Although, according to Catholic tradition, the four Gospels are said to have been authored by the four evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, the scholarly consensus seems to be that the canonical Gospels are anonymous works with the names of the evangelists later attributed to them. Uh, I've heard some propose that John may have been the author of John, since the author seems to refer to himself as the beloved disciple or the uh, disciple whom Jesus loved, but others say this is probably just interpolation, meaning something later added or inserted into the text. Uh, so it's one of those subjects that, that quickly gets confusing. Because you have, say, evangelical scholars positing that at least some of the Gospels may have been written by the people they're attributed to. Well, you have mainstream scholars saying they're most likely all anonymous. Um, You have people arguing for different ballpark figures when the Gospels were written. Scholars who happen to be believers often seem to favor the earlier date because that gets them closer to the eyewitness period. Well, conservative scholars, uh, conservative in the scholarly sense, meaning they try to be cautious with their estimates, not politically conservative, uh, will perhaps argue that none of them are eyewitness accounts. Um, So New Testament authorship seems to be one of those subjects that ironically can leave you feeling like the more you research it, the less you know or the less you're certain of. 
But let's see, now that that mea culpa is out of the way, what do we actually know about the uh, author of the Gospel of Luke? Well, he's often considered uh, the author of not just the Gospel of Luke, but what's referred to as Luke-Acts, because it's thought that the uh, same person who authored the Gospel of Luke also authored the Acts of the Apostles, um, judging by the uh, writing style, etc. And tradition holds that Luke was a traveling companion of Paul, and that he was also a physician from the uh, Hellenistic city of Antioch in uh, ancient Syria. And whoever actually wrote the gospel, uh, supposedly they write in a very kind of refined Greek, and they're thought to have been well-educated and skilled in uh, Greek writing and rhetoric. And as I mentioned before, it's also thought that uh, Luke was a Gentile as opposed to the other three authors of the canonical Gospels who were all thought to have been Jewish. Let's see, what else do I have to apologize for? Uh, I can't remember which episode it may have been, but I have this vague feeling that at some point, maybe during one of my conversations with C-Web, that I may have insinuated or suggested that the Gospel of Mark was written for a Jewish audience, well, it seems that that would be incorrect. I believe uh, Matthew was written for a Jewish audience, and Mark, on the other hand, seems to be, uh, or seems to have been written for a Gentile audience, since the author seems to have to go out of his way to explain Jewish law and tradition. I'm just rehashing some of this stuff because I want to make sure I'm not leading you guys astray. If I accidentally get something wrong, I want to make sure I correct myself as soon as possible. Um, I don't want the uh, dissemination of bad information on my conscience. Okay, so there's something else I wanted to talk about. Uh, sometimes on the show, I'll allude to how there were supposedly a number of purported miracle workers in the ancient world around the time of Christ. And recently, I've been watching a lot of theological debates online, and I kept hearing this one particular figure being mentioned by both uh, relatively mainstream scholars like Bart Ehrman, as well as by more fringe scholars as well. And the individual in question is known as Apollonius of Tiana or Tiana. And I want to talk about him a bit simply on the one hand because I find him interesting, and on the other because I think it's good to give you guys a solid example of one of the supposed other miracle workers or Christ-like figures, for lack of a better term, who were uh, active around the uh, time of the historical Jesus. Apollonius of Tiana was a Greek neo-Pythagorean philosopher, um, from the town of, appropriately enough, Tyana, in the Roman province of Cappadocia. And as I mentioned, uh, Apollonius was active around the same time as Jesus. Um, I got a couple different dates from uh, different sources. One source says that he was born around 15 CE, or Common Era. Um, another says 3 BCE, and uh, he may have died around either 97 CE or 100 CE, something like that. So like Jesus, he was born roughly at the beginning of the uh, first century. While researching Apollonius online, I kept running into this anecdote that supposedly 
biblical scholar Bar D. Ehrman, in one of his New Testament textbooks, begins describing Apollonius of Tyana without first revealing who it is. And I think the point he's trying to make to the reader is that he knows the reader will automatically assume he's talking about Jesus. But no, surprise, uh, he's talking about this other first century miracle worker or supposed miracle worker. And then there's a, a quote that's given that supposedly comes from said textbook. And some of the grammar in this quote seems a little off, but I keep seeing the exact grammar all over the place. Um, so I'm not sure if this is coming directly from um, Bart Ehrman's textbook or not, but it does seem to aptly describe Apollonius of Tiana. I'm almost tempted. I should uh, try to email Bart Ehrman and say... Um, Here's this quote attributed to uh, you, or supposedly that you use in one of your books. Um, and see what he says. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to offer you that caveat, but uh, here's the quote. And as I said before, Warren, some of the grammar seems a little off. I don't know if maybe it's because uh, maybe it comes from some archaic source or something like that, or if there's just uh, a bad version of it floating around. But here we go. Even before he was born, it was known that he would be someone special, a supernatural being, informed mother, the child she was to conceive, would not be a mere mortal, but would be divine. He was born miraculously, and he became an unusually precocious young man. As an adult, he left home and went on an itinerant preaching ministry, urging its listeners to live not the material things of this world, but for what is spiritual. He gathered a number of disciples around him, who became convinced that his teachings were divinely inspired, in no small part because he himself was divine. He proved it to them by doing many miracles, healing the sick, casting out demons, and raising the dead. But at the end of his life, he roused opposition, and his enemies delivered him over to the Roman authorities for judgment. Still after he left this world, he returned to meet his followers in order to convince them that he was not really dead, but lived on in the heavenly realm. Later, some of his followers wrote books about him. So you can see the uncanny parallels to the, uh, the life of Jesus, or the story of Jesus. Um, and as I said, I'm not sure if that comes directly from one of uh, Professor Ehrman's books or not. But that does seem to capture the gist of Apollonius of Tyana, and Bart Ehrman does like to use Apollonius a lot as an example of how there were other supposed uh, miracle workers that were active in the uh, first century. And that, in a sense, the case of Jesus doesn't happen in a vacuum. He wasn't the first or last person who was supposedly um, thought to be divine in nature and capable of performing uh, supposed miracles. But with that being said, I think I'll call this episode a wrap. I know it was really short compared to uh, last week's epic interview episode, which was um, after editing something like two and a half hours. Um, as usual, you can like the show on Facebook, you can follow the show on Twitter, you can check out the Weekend Out YouTube channel, uh, you can listen to the show on Stitcher now, rate or review the show on iTunes, you can go to Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N uh, dot com, and uh, 
check out the archives, you know, check out some of the past episodes, some of the uh, other more recent episodes. And it's time for the uh, televangelist spiel. Uh, if you feel generous while well, you're at the official Weekend Out Podbean site, you can use the PayPal widget to uh, donate to the show's upkeep as little as 99 cents. And I think you can also, well, I think, yeah, I, I know you can. I set it up. Uh, you can also support the show through uh, Patreon now. Um, I think it's patreon.com slash the week in doubt. Patreon is just a way for uh, listeners or fans to uh, support some of their favorite artists, etc. So you can also check that out. And I think I covered everything. So until next week, thanks for listening. <laughs>